Hey Guru Nation, welcome back to episode 451 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. This episode is very special. I got to interview Danielle Koh, founder of Black Women in Research. And now, as of this interview, Black Men in Clinical Research. So Danielle is such an uh, inspiring guest. This is somebody who became a CRA not too long ago, uh, or sorry, became a coordinator not too long ago, uh, wants to eventually become a CRA, but now has created a movement. And she's a perfect example of why if you really have a burning desire to do something, you don't need to wait for anybody's help and you don't need to ask for anybody's permission you just do it and that's exactly what danielle has done she's an inspiration to me she's an inspiration to us all and uh thank you very much for listening and watching hope you enjoy this one check out links in the show notes the patreon channel five bucks a month we have a monthly mastermind and if we get to 50 people in there we're gonna have a a a, a two masterminds every month so that's some incentive to get the word out for that patreon.com slash dance fair is just five bucks a month also check out the cra academy crc academy links to both of those in the show notes and if you need help getting studies for your site or maybe you need help starting a site text me 949-415-6256 with all that being said enjoy this episode with danielle co founder of black women in research thank you Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of uh, Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I got Danielle Coe from Black Women in Clinical Research and now also Black Men in Clinical Research. She just announced it today, October 21st, uh, Danielle Coe, Black Women in Clinical Research. If you don't know Danielle, you've got to get to know her. Um, I've I don't even know when we first crossed paths, Danielle, um, but welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Dan. I feel like I need to, you are the clinical trials guru. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Don't make me blush now. <laughs> I just feel like for me to even be on the show, like this is just, I, it's, I can't even describe it because I used to watch all of your videos and so now to be kind of you know, on the other end, it just, it's, it's amazing. And I'll just, thank you. Thank you, Danielle. You've definitely like, you, I mean, I, it's an honor to have you on too. Uh, you are doing, and you're not even in my Patreon group. I have like this Patreon thing where people pay five bucks a month and we talk about building your brand and how to do all this stuff. You're doing this, like, you, this is amazing what you're doing. I think it's so smart. Um, I think you're uh, like, a good entrepreneur. I mean, I don't know anything about you in regards to that, but the fact that you are doing this branding with black women in clinical research and like how quickly you started that and how much it's resonated so far with the community. And I know because I hear I'm obviously not a black woman in research, so I don't know anything about your group, but I hear from like my students, for example, I have a few business partners in there. They all speak really highly of you. Like they love the community. 
And uh, it's like, it's an honor for me to interview you too, especially with what's going on now. I think it's even more important with this whole minority participation in research and diversity that all the sponsors are talking about. And I had a, I had an Instagram post that I put on LinkedIn that did really well. It said, hey, pharma, pharma, you keep talking a good game about wanting more minorities in research. We need more minorities uh, that are actually working in research if you want to attract more minority patients in research. And even if you're a CRA or even if you're like an in-house CRA, that you have no interaction with patients, but the fact that you are black or Hispanic or Asian, the fact that you work in the industry, you can tell people that you know, chances are they're going to be the same race, right? You can tell people that you know about research because you're in research, you're working in research. So you don't even need to be a coordinator or a PI. Obviously, we need more PIs in the, in the space as well. That's a whole nother topic. But I think what you're doing, Danielle, not only is it smart, because it's extremely smart, uh, but it is very important. It, I mean, this is like the industry needs this. So what kind of feedback have you been getting? And then why did you create this? So I've been getting really positive feedback. The women in, well, I should say the members in the group have told me that this is a safe space and this is needed and necessary. We have created a community of sisterhood where we empower one another, where we share jobs, where we just make sure that we are uplifting the, the members in the group and just letting them reach the highest level in the clinical research industry. Cause a lot of times you might become complacent in a job and you, you don't know whether or not you're making the same as your peers. And a lot of times we have these conversations about negotiation and we offer services like career services. We offer mock interviews, we offer mentorship. So some of the things that is definitely needed when you're, entering in the clinical research field. So I started this around 2019. And so I noticed when I was in my clinical research profession that a lot of times I would be the only black woman in the room or that it would only be a few of us. Yeah, so yeah. I decided, well, let me see if I can make a, a network or create a network of black women that can come together and we can share tips. So this really started from a small idea and it has just grown tremendously. We are talking to people in Germany and I had a meeting with a lady in the UK and to find out that this you know, lack of diversity is not just happening here in the United States, but this is a worldwide issue. It's probably worse in the, the rest of the world. It's probably best here. Believe it yeah. or not. <laughs> Definitely. That's what that's what some of the some of the women that I talked to have said. And they have just been reaching out to me, asking me, how can we do the same thing that you're doing here? Like, can mm. you, you know, tell me how you started this? So it really just started from an idea, just kind of in a sense stepping out on faith. It's brilliant. Like so what is your career? Like how did you get into research? Uh and then you were mentioning like in meetings, you were the only black person in the room. What kind of company is this? Like, what is your role in research and how did you even get started? So I got started in clinical research because I ran into a college classmate and she told me about clinical research. I had no idea. I had never heard about clinical research, 
So when she told me this, I believe I watched one of your videos. That oh, good, said, good. Oh, yes, go on clinical, go on clinicaltrials.gov. You know, if you're trying to enter into the clinical, I listened to your videos religiously when I, I first started. I need to like started. split this part out. So what you're saying, Danielle, is I'm going to be like media. What you're saying, Danielle, is the clinical trials guru actually started black women in clinical research. <laughs> <laughs> indirectly, way, you indirectly. De you, you definitely ignited, you know, because I used to just watch your YouTube videos over so the information would, you know, because when you're learning something new, you have to let the information kind of seep in. And yeah. so that's kind of what I did. So I went on clinicaltrials.gov. I found the closest clinical uh, research clinic and I just called them and I said, hey, my name is Danielle. Wow, you did this strategy. Yes, I said, hey, my name is Danielle. I'm interested in wow, being an intern, no or I'm interested in shadowing. Wait, is wait, so you're telling me that you watched this video that because this is what this is a thing I tell people to do. You did that? Yes. Okay, so see, people are telling me, hey, I'm doing it. It's not working or 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 they're scared. They're like, hey, oh. well, why would I do that? So you're I didn't even know this. I didn't know that this is how you got started. This is a great story, Danielle. <laughs> so, <explain more. laughs> so, you know, I, I called them and I asked them if I could do an internship or if I could shadow one of the clinical research professionals. And they told me to come in and there was no interview. They were just like, you want it? It's yours. Wow. So I stayed there for about six months. So I definitely want to let people know it does work. And even if, you know, what one clinic says no, there's another clinic that will say yes. They need yeah, if that clinic says no, you know, move on. But what did you say exactly? Did you just say, I want to intern here? Or did you say like, hey, I can recruit patients? What did you say? I just told them that I wanted to learn more about the, the operations at a clinical research site. And is it possible that I can have like an internship or shadow one of the clinical research professionals just so I could learn more about the field and see if this is a career that I'll be interested in. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that's good. And, and what city and what part of the country is this? That was in Smyrna, Georgia. Okay, so like outside of uh, Atlanta, I'm guessing. Yes, outside of outside of Atlanta. Wow. Okay. See, Danielle. I mean, we're talking to Danielle who did this strategy. I always tell people, hey, if, like, if you're not making that work, because to me, it sounds like I'm a site owner, and if somebody would have called me, I guess it would depend more on my mood. But uh, maybe early on in my site, I would have brought them in. But like later, as we're growing. I, to me, it sounds like more work. So I would want them to approach me like, Hey, I can help recruit patients. Uh, you know, I know how to make your social media. I notice you don't have that. So those are other strategies people can do, even though for you, Danielle, it worked well, just calling them. I mean, that's yeah. the point is just do it, I guess, and not worry yeah. about the strategy so much. Yeah, definitely thinking outside of the box, you know, because I, I feel like with clinical research, there's not a cookie cutter way to, you know, do everything. So definitely wow. taking your resources and, you know, networking also with people definitely helps. So from there, I did a <laughs> six, I did a six month internship. And so I noticed when I was in Atlanta that it was kind of difficult to receive a position as a clinical research coordinator. So I ended up moving back home and my hometown is Detroit. Okay. And so I moved back to Detroit and I ended up of landing a position as a clinical research coordinator in breast oncology. So when that happened, I felt like it was 
divine intervention. Like this was my calling because my grandmother had breast cancer and I've experienced other people in my life that have had cancer. And so for me, I knew that this was what I was supposed to be doing. And so from there, I, you know, created black women in clinical research and that's really, you know, how I got started. Are you still working at that place? The same place? I, I am no longer working there. Okay, so you that, you got your start as like a coordinator, and uh, after the internship, you moved back to Detroit, and you got your start as a coordinator at a breast cancer unit. Um, and then, uh, so what are you doing now? Uh, what is your role now? So I'm a clinical trial coordinator for Cognizant, and that's an assignment with Google. And so my responsibilities are... It's just started, so we're in the beginning phases, so I'm doing a lot of training, but once my training is over, I'm going to be reaching out to the, the patients and helping them troubleshoot with their okay. devices and just offering ah. support. So I'm switching, because in my previous role, I was in regulatory, so I'm switching more over to the patient side. Wow, Danielle, this is, I want to support your brand even more now that I know your story. <laughs> your story was cool. The, just the brand itself was cool to support, but now I want to support even more. So, okay. So I didn't even realize Google. So Google directly is doing this through uh, Cognizant. Yeah. So they, I guess they have like a partnership going on. So okay. they're definitely getting involved in the clinical research. Wow. Okay. Are you still in Detroit right now? Is that your? I am. Career? I am. Okay. Okay. And talk about minority participation. I know if like sites, we have some clients that are in Michigan, they get all the studies. The Midwest is like pharma loves the Midwest. Sponsors love the Midwest because there's research naive patients and Mm -hmm. they love nothing more than research naive patients. But from what I heard from your story, and I'm really glad I I got you on just to get to know you. um, But what I like about your story is the fact that you're also becoming a generalist in the process because look at all the stuff you've been doing that you just mentioned here. I'm sure there's a lot more you didn't even say. Uh, you're learning like all different aspects of research, right? Definitely, definitely. So, what so, do you think about that? Like, with people, and I'm sure you're learning even more from the black women in in the research group. Like, they're they're bringing their own experiences from different roles that they're doing. This is an industry of specialists, and in a way, that's good. Obviously, it makes sense to have specialists if you're a company. You want people who know what they're doing on very specific tasks. But it's what people don't really talk about is that's good for the company. It's not necessarily good for the individual because if technology comes in and replaces that specialty, you're done, right? So it's your role. I always tell the the people watching the video, especially my students, hey, you're going to specialize. It's going to be your first job. Your job is to become a multi-specialist to the point that you're a generalist because then no technology can replace you. They can't possibly get rid of all those roles. So as long as you have a working knowledge, which is what you're already seem to have done in just a few short years. Yeah, definitely. This is great, Danielle. So what, when did you start? So, okay. Take me back to where you were. So you're talking about at the breast cancer clinic, uh, was the company where you were like the only black person in the meeting. Well, so I went to investigator meeting. Ah, And that's when it just hit me, like, I guess, a ton of bricks. 
And I'm looking around the room and I'm just noticing that it's only me and another woman here, another black woman. And I'm just like, where are all the black <laughs> clinical research professionals? And so, you know, it made, because of that experience, it made me want to seek out to see if there were more black women in the industry and if they were facing some of the, you know, type of issues that I was facing. With That's being awesome. The, so that just, the light bulb went off right there for you. Yes. That was yes. like your aha moment. Because I know I talked to Monica. Monica's in the other office. Hey, Monica, if you're here, just swing by real quick. Say hi to Danielle. Monica's Colombian. And we, you know, here in the West Coast, we have a lot of Hispanic. We have a lot of Latinos. This is Danielle Co. Hi. You got to connect with her on LinkedIn. She made this group called Black Women in Research. And she got the aha moment when she was at an investigator meeting as a coordinator. CRC yes. Academy, shout out to CRC Academy, free plug, CRC Academy, CRC, CRC, CRC Academy. Uh, Monica, you, we just talked about this. She went to investigator meeting. She's the only Hispanic person. It's the same thing, right? It's the same thing. Like we need more minority representation first in the workforce. And then that's how you get the patients. Because guess what? Monica is great at recruiting. Go figure. All right. Latino patients. Like, oh. Whoa, whoa. Oh, That's who like would have, who would have thought? <laughs> exactly. So I wanted you to meet her because this is she's like uh, a genius. This is I Danielle. Think, she's I a genius. I think I actually saw somewhere your uh your black a uh, woman in research or yeah. this park or something. Maybe. Oh okay. It's a small they world. It's a small world. I think so. Danielle yeah. Co. I recall that. Yeah. Yeah. It's Danielle Co. She's going to be a star in this space. <laughs> you, you should be speaking. Why are you not speaking at like, uh, well, now they're not doing any conferences. But, yeah, you need to be going on like a speaking tour. So maybe I'll reach, out, I'll reach out to you to get your help with that. Since this, okay, is, all, okay. you know, this is all new territory to me. And we'll get you, you know, on there. We'll I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to take it all in. It's just you know, <laughs> just kind of putting everything together and kind of you know seeing. Because I, I have had people reach out to me, um, so I'm just trying to go through the necessary steps to Good. get black women out there. And Good, tell Danielle. Know about it. Yeah, congratulations. Congrats. Thank, that's Thank you so much. Thank you Genius. so much. I told we. I know someone in your group. And I didn't know that she knew about you. So I actually told her, this is my business partner. I told you before the air, the one I have a good experience with. Uh, so I told her, hey, do you know this lady named Danielle? She has like this black women in research. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'm already in that group. So people know who she is. Yeah. Like people I know who have years of research, like she has like a decade of experience. Yeah, is in the group. seeing your group. Yeah. And now yeah. she's doing a black man in research. And now I got an aha moment for you. Why don't you do a Latina woman in research? Yay. I'm going to. Yeah. And then we do <laughs> we an can, alliance. We right. We can, all, we can all come together because, you know, people that are participating in clinical trials or might possibly be interested in clinical trials. They want right. people that look like them. They want to be able to relate, you know, to the people mm -hmm that's in the industry. And so I feel I've listened to your podcast before the diversity one, and it, it just seems like it's so simple, you know, 
you want to you like I had a lady who reached out to me and she told me that this is a little short story. She told me that her and her mother went to the doctor's office and she was sitting in the doctor's office with her mother and she really didn't know what to expect. And in walks a black woman. And she said she just was so excited that this was a black doctor that walked in the room that was going to be, you know, helping her mother. And she asked the doctor, can I hug you? You know, because you don't you don't see that. And so she said she felt more comfortable and at ease that her mother had a black woman doctor that was going to perform her breast surgery. So it's just I don't know. People really realize the connection that you have and, you know, how you can relate. And especially if you're Hispanic and you're speaking Spanish, you know, and just that. I can't even <laughs> say it in words, but just that connection that you have with the person, yeah. it's just, it makes it, it makes it even better. It's so important. What you're doing is not just, this is what I was telling her. It's not just like a brilliant idea. It's important. So I think this is like, you know, maybe I'll do a Romanian men in research, but I'll be the only member. So they, <laughs> they won't do, that won't be no, very good. We know somebody else. Oh yeah, I do. There'll be two people <laughs> in there, but no, seriously, like getting minorities, this is a, and, and, and you see uh, the issue, um, I think, is that it's not easy to train someone who's research naive, uh, especially like a physician or a clinician, because I'm working with a sponsor right now. Fingers crossed I get the project. We'll know next week, but it's all about this. It's all about getting more minorities. And our strategy is to get more minority clinicians. And it's a lot of work. So I think that's pharma is looking for people to do that because they don't want to do it themselves for a variety of reasons. Number one, they don't know how. Number two, there's like probably liability on their end and conflict of interest. But there are plenty of opportunities for people like us, you know, on this Zoom call to uh, to make a difference. And I know one of the guys who interviewed you, Adam Brown from ClinArc, is kind of doing this too. So hats off to you, Danielle. I really love that story. Thank, thank you. Like, I guess for me, I, because clinical research was not available in college, and this is all, it always seems like every time I talk to someone, it's something that they stumbled upon. It's not, you know, there wasn't a class, there wasn't, you know, a certificate, <laughs> people weren't talking about it on the college level. So kind of what Black Women in Clinical Research wants to do is introduce this as you know, in middle school, in high school, because wow. that's when I developed a love for science. And that's when I kind of made my plan out when I was in middle school. I'm going to an HBCU. I'm going to go to Clark Atlanta University. Shout out to the Panthers. And so, <laughs> so, you know, I made it known that that's what my career choice was going to be. And so I feel like if I had somebody there kind of telling me about the different things that I could do if I wanted to have a bachelor's degree in biology it would have meant the world of difference you know mm. and so that's what i want to do and also we want to reach out to nonprofit organizations um like the boys and girls club and the girl scouts and just um black girls rock and different i think it's brown uh the brown girl project pretty brown girls and just kind of get the youth you know kind of thinking about wow. their possible career so you know, it's different. I have different ideas and just really putting it in place and kind of, you know, offering a scholarship to college students, having possibly talking to some of the CROs and see if they could recruit the college students at the HBCUs. Because, you know, to say that we have a lack of diversity, 
but then we have all of these historical black colleges and universities and even other institutions where clinical research is not being discussed. It just kind of, to me, make perfect sense to kind of tie all of that together and just have it like a, a, a like a, I don't know, a seamless kind of transaction. You graduate from college, you wow. can do an internship, and then and, you, know, you go from your internship right into a clinical research coordinator. No, you're, you're my hero, you. Danielle. Thank That's you. just. <laughs> No, I, we can end the interview. I'll just leave and let Monica talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that in our CRC Academy, I will say that we probably have 80% of the students are immigrants, so minorities. And, uh, and, and I always tell them that that's, I mean, that's something that is going to, to help so much the industry because having more minorities bring more minorities today yeah definitely it's it's like grab a friend let's all come together this is the problem that we have let's try and solve it wow i didn't realize that you're the black women in research that you're going like at the like school level like high school middle school or at least that's the plan if you're not already doing it i mean it it makes a lot of sense i would have never thought about it um, yeah. But yeah, and you can get some support. This is why we got to get you on that speaking circuit. First of all, it's a hot topic. So you got to maximize, you know, you got to leverage the situation that we're in as a country. It's a lot of bad stuff going on. It's turbulent, but you got to leverage it for the good because in your case, that's going to make these corporations want to pay attention to this and they're looking for people like you. Definitely. I have um, ACRP's attention. So I just, had, I just had a phone call with ACRP and we're kind of talking about a collaboration and trying to see how we can introduce this to more people and that more people know about clinical research. This is great. So what if, what have, how many, like, what is the black women in research? What do you guys, do you guys meet, you meet on Zoom? So we have our monthly Zoom meetings. And so we just come with different topics. Our last topic that we had earlier um, this month was everything you wanted to know about being a CRA, but we're afraid to ask. And so, Ah, yeah, we just have different, you know, and I know a lot of times people, especially the members in the group, everyone knows about the CRA position, but they don't know about the other entry level positions that they can apply for. So we're really trying to talk about those different positions because there's more, there's more than one way to get in the door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you should do a, a podcast, Black Women in Research podcast, if you haven't thought of that already. You probably have. I thought about it because, you know, I listen to your podcast and I'm just like, you know, and then I listen to, uh, what is it called? Clinical Research Fast Track podcast also. Okay. So, you know, I try, they have like a podcast that's 15 minutes. And so I just kind of, you know, I'm, I, I've, people have told me, go ahead and do a podcast. You have like, to, okay. Danielle. But knowing you for the last, I've only known you for 30 minutes, like actually talk to you. I know you're on LinkedIn, but we don't, we haven't engaged that much. Um, but yeah, I can already tell that you definitely should be doing this uh, for sure. This is very important. And uh, what is your goal like as a professional in this space? Uh just personally, outside of black women in research, like what, what, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? I guess in five years, where do I see myself? I just see myself continuously trying to make 
a footprint in the clinical research. I just really, I'm very passionate about helping people. And, you know, I feel like it's better to give than it is to receive. And so the, the like what I feel when I help, you know, someone, it just, it's indescribable when you receive that thank you or someone tells you, you know, if it hadn't been for you, I would have never heard about this opportunity. I never would have got this job. So it's just continuously being that support for in creating this family type of atmosphere because, you know, it can be challenging, you know, entering in the clinical research industry. So I just want to be that support system for people. That's good. I'm going to add you right now. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be connected. I'm sure you're connected already. It's Danielle Crow. Like, going to be right. a household name pretty soon. And she's got a great, great name, Danielle. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I guess that it covers a lot. I mean, diversity. We've got to have you come on again. And I know I'll probably come on uh, Black Women in Clinical Research anytime. I just want a T-shirt. I want a t-shirt. Oh, you want a t-shirt? Yes. So do you want me to wait till I get the black men in clinical research t-shirt? or do no, I'll you take want the black the, women. I'll take the okay, black women. Okay, you'll take the black women? Oh, okay. Because yeah. my, my, like, funny story, my father, he really supports me and everything, but he said, I don't really know about the t-shirt. I don't, <laughs> it's like, like, I support you and I'll buy some stuff to go in my office because, you know, we also sell <laughs> merchandise. So we have, like, uh, book bags. Uh, oh, that's cool. Here. Yeah, we have a book bag. You already got the merch. Oh, that's nice. Look at that. I yeah. love the logo. Yeah. So it's like I'm not ready to wear the T-shirt just yet. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. the fact I'll, that you're a man and that you want to wear the T-shirt, that's awesome. <laughs> I'll wear it. I'll, I'll, I'll wear it on the Zoom call that we do with uh, your group. Now, the black man in research, same concept, right? Same exact same blueprint. Same, yeah. Okay. Same concept. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Oh, okay, Monica. Uh, yeah, so Bye, Monica. It was nice meeting you. Show you she's going to go connect with you. That's cool. So diversity. So this is obviously something that's just beginning. I think the industry has been talking about this for a long time, maybe five years from what I remember. Um, but this year, this is 2020. For those watching in the future, hopefully we made it out okay. But this is uh, – <laughs> hopefully the worst is behind us, but you never know. Um uh, this year really sparked like I mean obviously social justice diversity opportunity of of um, op uh, equality of opportunity right equal opportunity all those kind of things came to the forefront this year and it's trickled down into every industry I mean I'm sure somebody's doing a real estate guru right now and they're talking about we need more black realtors to get more black people to be homeowners, right? I mean, I can easily see that being an issue. So, so this stuff is trickling into our industry because it's super important, obviously, clinical research. How are we going to get treatments and how are we going to know that they even work on minorities if the minorities are not participating in research? So this is like potentially life and death stuff. It's not like just, you know, we're not doing this or the industry doesn't want to do this just because it looks good. You know, this right. is like real stuff. So you're playing a huge role in this, Danielle. I can't wait to follow your career more. And now that we know each other, get to network uh, with one another and, uh, you know, pick each other's brains. I hate that term, pick, pick each other's brains, but uh, everyone uses it. So pick <laughs> each other's brains. 
what what has been the feedback so far? How long have you been doing the black women like like the Zoom? Let's take the Zoom calls. How long have you been doing those? So this is our sec. This is our second month. We started in um, September. Okay. And so we just you know we're trying to expand, and we know that it's really needed and necessary because last Zoom call we had almost um, 100 people that were on the call. 100? Zoom's yes. going to start charging you extra for all these people. <laughs> so we had people that joined from Africa. We had men that joined. Like we had men that reached out and said, you know, I'm not a woman. Can I join? And <laughs> we had to let them know this information is for everyone. So, yeah. you know, all of the CRAs, they went over their experience. And we also have the video up on our YouTube channel. And so a lot of the, the CRAs, they went over their experience, how to be a CRA and have oh. be a mom and, you know, have a family and kind of juggling, you know, being a CRA and traveling and, yeah. you know, just kind of everything that a CRA would deal with, you know, how to stay organized and, uh-huh. you know, it, it's just, and how, how they got started. They talked about their journey and, you know, it's because like, a lot of people had different backgrounds. Um, most of the women had biology degrees, but it was a one lady, she was a, a business major and she was able to become a CRA. So, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times people think, okay, I have to have a science background and you don't have to have a science background. Nope. So, you know, it's just kind of figuring out, you know, the right tools and using the r- right resources to get into the clinical research field. And so that's what we're trying to do, too. And so we also, if within our group, we have doctors, we have VPs, we have um, PhD students, we have just undergraduate students, we have people that have never um, been in clinical research. So we just have a wide variety of different people that wow. are in the group and that are looking for that support. And so it really has that family atmosphere. Like if one of the members posts say, hey, I need help in, you know, whatever area, everyone that has that information will come to the post and offer advice, you know, hey, do you need a referral? It really doesn't matter what it is. We have really created this support and sisterhood. And I just, I couldn't be more proud. Like I tell the ladies that, and like the ladies and the members in the group that you guys are my family that I never met. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's just so necessary when you're in a career and especially with clinical research to have that support. And Mm -hmm. it just has made a tremendous difference. And ladies have reached out to me. They've sent me messages. They post it and and they're just pretty much saying, thank you so much for creating this safe space where I can ask questions, you know, that I normally wouldn't be able to ask. And you're just thanking me and I'm just overwhelmed with the support and it just, it means a lot to me just that's that, awesome. to have that. That's awesome, Danielle. Like, I'm so happy for you hearing your story. And like I said, I want to support even more now that I know the origin stories behind this. But I, I see this and you're probably already thinking big, but I see like you starting your own conference, you know, Black Women in Research Conference and all this kind of stuff. Like this is... Yep. This is a movement, Danielle. Definitely. I, I, said the, I said the exact thing. It's a movement. So we are talking about having a conference next year. So majority mm-hmm. of the members in the group are from North Carolina, Texas, Atlanta. So we're looking at those different places to have a conference. And North so just Carolina, having- shout out to my brother. He lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> I don't get yeah. out there that often. Coast to coast is tough, but he's out there. I go out there every now and then. 
Yeah. So we just want to, you know, have that conference where, you know, we, cause we've met virtually, but you know, because of COVID and everything, we haven't had a chance to right. come together and have a conference and just kind of learn more about each other, maybe learn some new tips, learn some negotiation skills, yep. you know, cause there's a lot of qualified members in the group and that have years of experience. And so, you know, just taking to the highest level possible in your clinical research career and, you know, a lot of times you have to have that person that motivates you and tells you, hey, you have this experience. You are a professional. You are an expert in the field. Apply for that management position. Apply for that director position. You know, and sometimes you receive that support and you're like, OK, I can do this. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of, you know, how we have been trying to support the ladies or sometimes it's the opposite you know they need like a little encouragement like you know how many people direct message me and a lot of them are african-americans there's some that are like asian all all whites all races they reach out they're like hey my cro i'm working for is treating me so bad and i'm like okay well how many years do you have experience they say like i have like eight years of experience i say you are out of your mind if you continue to stay there you, you know how, like, everybody wants you? Everybody, yeah. literally everybody would hire you and probably get paid more and treat you better. So, like, sometimes people just need a nudge. I know exactly what you're talking about. Not just to go for it, but also sometimes to quit your current place and go somewhere else. Right. Go where you are appreciated, not tolerated. Mm-hmm. And you have even one layer above that. It'll, like me, I'm just like motivate them. You have a support system now with black women in research where it's not just you, you, Danielle, telling somebody what to do. It's like a hundred other people are saying the same thing. You know, so I get what you're doing. This is a fantastic idea. Monica's going to do Latina. I guarantee you she's this is like in her head now. That's why I brought her in because I'm like, this is a brilliant idea. We need this. We need more of this. She's probably going to talk to you about that too. So we okay, should no collaborate. Do we it can together. Collab. I guess the more minorities that we can bring, you know, mm-hmm. into clinical research, the better, the better. Asians we can increase. Asians are super underrepresented also from study participant. Um, I, I, we have to look at the data, but like Asian Americans are like probably the most underrepresented, I think. They also make like the least amount of the population. But yeah, I mean, it's everywhere across the board. Like we have to look at the numbers to actually see, but the more minorities we can actually have participate in research as like a workforce, the more we can let the community know of patients, hey, you know, the clinical research is safe. It's not like you're a guinea pig because you go talk to like anybody on the street right now, uh, and tell them, hey, I have a study for you. Like, it's almost like they're going to look at me like I'm trying to kidnap them or like right. poison them or something, right? And it's like the furthest thing from the truth. But there's like a stigma. And I mean, for white people too, like, you know, we just need more people who understand research in the space uh, to, to tell the community about it. We just happen to need more minorities, much more minorities participants in research than we do anything else. Yeah, so maybe having like a patient advocacy forum where people can hear from other people that participate in clinical trials and some of their outcomes that they had. I went to a patient advocacy forum and it just blew my mind that the people 
that were participating in the clinical trials, they became an expert on their disease. They knew exactly what clinical trial they could participate in. They had a list of all of, they, they, they were like the doctors. They knew, they knew exactly what they needed and everything. And it just blew my mind from hearing from the patient perspective. So I think having more of those patient advocacy forums where other people, you know, who might be interested in clinical trials can hear from other patients and just putting like a, no, that's a true. Face, putting a that's face true. to it and, you know, just hearing about it in a, in a community type of way. And, you know, cause they talked about the cost of, you know, treatment and some of the resources uh, that they can use if they're, in you know if the, with, with their treatment so a lot yeah. of this information was valuable and, and you even heard from people who said you know I can't afford my treatment like I what can I do I need these resources now and so they were able to connect with that person and give them the resources mm-hmm. that they need so they could continue their treatment so it just it just really opened my eyes and how the, like, the community came together in that forum and they broke everyone off into groups. So if um, everyone went to like breast cancer and um, like prostate cancer, so everyone was broken up into different rooms and they got to talk to the doctors in the field. And so we were, it was a group of women and they asked the doctor questions. Do you know they're saying, oh, I have triple negative breast cancer. What can I do? You know, what, what clinical trial can I participate in? So it just pretty much opened my eyes to see that that's the type of forum that we need to have on a consistent basis, not something that happens like once a year, but something that happens more often where the community can hear about it. So, you know, it has to be a common conversation. You know, it it can't be a taboo conversation or, you know, trying to gain people's trust with, you know, because anytime I mention clinical research, my family, the first thing they say is, what about the Tuskegee syphilis study? And so, you know, my, my family tell me, we haven't forgot. And so until we can kind of gain, like have those hard conversations and talk about what happened in the past and what has changed so that we can move forward in how we have moved forward in the future. And a lot of people don't know about the consenting process. So I think if we talked about the consenting process and how the risks are in there and how, you know, you, if you choose to participate in the clinical trial, you can, but if you choose not to, there's not going to be any consequences. You know, you can choose not to participate at any time. So I think if we have those conversations that people kind of know the process and what happens, then that will also bring more people into, you know, participating in clinical trials. Absolutely. I mean, very well said. And uh, yeah, you know, all these uh, conferences I used to go to, uh, because pharma's jumped on this bandwagon too, and I bet you they're going to start doing it now with minorities. But uh, at like every big conference I've been to in the last couple of years, there one of the pharmas or one of the IRBs or somebody always has like a a patient influencer. I um I think they would call them can't remember the term, but basically it's like an influencer that's a patient um that is supposed to get the word out to other patients, and they even involve them in protocol design. But you know what? Come to think of it, I just thought of this now interviewing you. All these patients, they call them patient advocates. All yeah. these advocates that I've personally met and I've gotten them to like sign their book and give me their books, they're all, all of them have been white people from uh, what I've met. So we're on the right track, but now we need to bring in 
minorities as well and have patient influencers um because yeah talking to you i never i didn't even think of those things before like you know i just saw okay this is a patient i didn't really look what color they are but talking to you i'm noticed i'm looking back and thinking they were all white people all these patients were white people so there's a lot you can do uh danielle i'm really pumped for you like this is uh, a really good thing that you're doing uh, and very smart. So it was an honor, Danielle, to interview you. Uh, we're definitely going to have you on m- multiple times. Okay. Mm-hmm. You'll just, we'll schedule you regularly. Uh, and I want to follow your career and all that stuff. So if anyone wants to get a hold of you, I'll put your LinkedIn link underneath the video and in the show notes. But where else do you want them to go? Or is it LinkedIn that they should go? LinkedIn is the best place, but with our group, if you're interested in joining the group, you can join that on Facebook, but we also have one on LinkedIn also, but the one on Facebook is um, more active, and so I'm also on Instagram, BWICR20, I'm trying to venture out and get on Snapchat and uh, TikTok. But <laughs> I don't think Snapchat's worth it. Uh, maybe they just had a good quarter today. They had actually reported really strong earnings today. So maybe there's some life there. I noticed for me, the Snapchat has died down. TikTok, okay. maybe. We don't know if they're going to be banned. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just try. It doesn't hurt to try, I guess. Right. Having multiple different, you know, avenues of reaching people, you know, kind of reaching people on their level because it seems like everybody's on Snapchat and TikTok. So that's right. Yeah, just trying to, um, you know, get out there. But yeah, uh, LinkedIn, Danielle S. Co. Uh, website is www.bwicr.com. And we have merchandise, like you said you would wear one of the shirts. That's if right. interested. <laughs> I'm wearing one. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Danielle. I really appreciate it. And uh, I think you're doing a really good thing. Thank you to everybody watching and listening. And we're going to do more with Danielle. So just stay tuned and then go to her YouTube channel because I'll probably be on Black Women in Clinical Research one of these months. And uh, we're going to do something for you guys, all right? Well, thank, thank you so you much, Dan, for having me. It's definitely an honor. I never thought that I would be on this side <laughs> speaking with you. So I definitely appreciate it. Thank you, Danielle. The honor is mine, seriously. And keep doing what you're doing. And uh, thank you very much. And thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. And we'll catch you all later. Bye-bye. So, hey, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind, please. Uh, And also go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com if you're interested in learning more about who I am, who some of my guests are. Uh, You can have access to some of my YouTube videos. Uh, I do a lot of videos about clinical research. So go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com and you can also call or text me anytime, 949-415-6256. Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also email me if you'd like, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Thank you very much.